from all around the world. This is your hosts, James Jordan, Mike Wallace, the Eggman, and Damon Sawyer. Coming at you for yet another edition of the Wide World of Motorsports podcast on the FM, on CFMH 107.3, local FM in St. John, New Brunswick, on CKMS 102.7, Radio Waterloo, in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario, and the Performance Motorsports Network app, which you can find on your smart device. Also streaming on demand, wherever you get your podcasts. Social media is where we're at. Most of the time, that's my life. At the WWOMS, you guys can reach us there. Drop us a line, follow us. Uh, Going to be at Delaware this weekend. Lots of cool stuff Woo. that will be uh, there. So, you know, that's the best place. That's the first place to find it. Is the is all the updates from the track to your community at, at the socials and on our website www.thewideworldofmotorsportspodcast.wordpress.com. I laugh. Because it's defunct, because mostly <laughs> it's the free version of cool. WordPress. And it'd be cool I'm if, uh, you know, there's some people out there. We got an email, wideworldofmotorsports at gmail.com. You can send us some love, help us out, maybe upgrade that that, um, that website. And maybe we can get on it a, bit, a little better, uh, get that better WordPress package. So yeah, and you can reach out to us on social media as well for that. And we're also looking to... Like we got uh, Damon here. Um, we got also some other people that are going to be coming on the show. Some new contributors. We're also looking for uh, people out there. If you got a passion and talking on the about racing, and you think you got the, what it takes to be on the radio or, or a podcast, uh, and even if you don't, we'll, we'll we we I mean, listen to us. We have no idea what's going on. Yeah, so, I suck at this. <laughs> that's the thing, yeah. right? We're trying to get we're True. trying to get it because we are on the radio. We are actually on the radio. You're hearing us right now, so <laughs> we're here for a reason. So we're trying, folks. And and if you want to, there's nothing else to put on. If you want to expand your right, thank you, radio stations. For <laughs> if, if you want to, if you want to kind of expand your horizons, there, come on out and help us out. Uh, just like this weekend with Damon, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, one of our first collabs with him. He's gonna be at the track, and we're ho- hopefully to see other people out there too. I posted a a video on social media, kind of inviting people out that are gonna be at Delaware Speedway this weekend, the trace track outside of London in Ontario, in Canada, and uh, it's the Great Canadian Race Weekend. A lot of great racing series going on. We're gonna get to a bit of that later, but. Yeah, I would love to see people there, our followers and, and other fellow race fans and the race drivers, because it's going to be a few months before we see everybody at Motorama and or at uh, Sunset or CTMP in, in the spring. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be one of them winners. So it'd be, be nice to see everyone one last time before we wrap it up this season, because in Canada, we wrap up our race season like friggin early. Down south, I ah man, it must be paradise because they race all season, and that's all year. Like that's freaking yeah. I'm jelly of our American listeners here. Love to have you out. Help us out uh, on the WAMS team. The WAMS. We also what, we should also plug our iRacing racing too. While we're here, quick, we we do esports stuff. So uh, so check us out there. Mm. Um, this is episode thirty two of season six and we kick it off as per usual unless 
Unless we have a Mandela effect. Episode 32, we kick it all off with our... um, Never happened. We kick it all off with the number that correlates with the driver number over episodes. So this is episode 32, and and, uh, we're going to look at a driver anywhere in any racing series, mostly in stock car racing because they just throw a number like that's more common than some other racing series like around the world so mm-hmm. we try our best but with these like with what we got on slate though it's like how do you not you know who wants to go first I'll go first oh yeah oh yeah go for it uh, I am going to go with the fastest American Mike Skinner. Yes. Uh, Mike drove the 32 in 2001, 2011, sorry. Uh, shared it with notables uh, Terry Labonte, Ken Schrader, uh, Boris said, Mike Bliss, and Canadians Patrick Carpentier, Andrew Ranger, and I thought I saw another Canadian, but. I just those two. And yeah. So I always liked uh Mike. I know him more so for a different number. <clears throat> but uh it's interesting to to see how many cars that he actually did drive and numbers that he did drive. And obviously he didn't run this uh full season. He was just filling in for this car, um, I don't know who the team was. Go Green Motorsports, I believe, at that time. Uh, it was a kind. Con- was that when Go Green merged with with Frankie Stoddard, and they were um, Go Fast. Go Fast. There you go. Which was kind of uh, you know kind of ironic, really. <laughs> 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 really but anyway so yeah fired. yeah right um uh, so yeah you know mike in his career in cup had 286 races no wins 10 top fives 39 top tens 92 top 20s and six poles only way you can replace the stig that's the only way, Mike Skinner. Yeah, true, Mike Skinner. Only way. I mean, I I watched him hustle a, a Craftsman truck up at Goodwood, and it was phenomenal. So, so. got to give him credit. One of my favorite uh, Grand Tour characters, <laughs> the yeah, American sure. <laughs> Mike the American, Skinner. Yeah. Anything with more than eight cylinders is basically communist. <laughs> yeah, right. Damn it. Um, who's who's got the next pick? Let's do this. I'll go with our pick next, Jordan. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so uh, for this one, this week, I picked a Canadian racing legend? Question mark. Uh, Ron Fellows. No question mark. Oh, hundred percent. I'm not super versed in Canadian motorsports, oh, he, guys. He's unacceptable. Up here, we we have it's like instead of it being the Mount Rushmore, he's we have him carved in stone up here in Canada. He's on the <laughs> Mount. He's on the Mount Crushmore. Yes. <laughs> so, listeners, don't crucify me. I don't get a lot of Canadian motorsports down. It's here. really far up north. You have to go really far 
up north for it. <laughs> no. uh, anyway, so anyway. Ron Fellows ran the number 32 Chevrolet for PPI Motorsports, which is the team that Ricky Craven won that iconic race in Darlington against Kurt Busch. Nice. Yeah. Same team, same car. He ran it in four races in the 2005 and 2006 season, uh, running the road courses of Sonoma and the Glen. Of those four races, he scored a highest finish of P8 in Sonoma in 2005. Uh, the rest were low 20s, high, no, were high 20s, low 30s, excuse me. Um, in his Cup Series career, Ron Fellows scored a total of five top 10s throughout his entire career, which is not a lot, but he did not race in the Cup Series all that often. Uh, so, yeah, I figured, you know, Canadian Motorsports program and program? Uh, yeah. very famous race car. So Absolutely. Ron Fellows is mine, uh, our pick for this week. Yes. Well, mostly because of his... Um the connection we're we're buds with his son so that's that's why i'll pick no um but we're not going to get to him for 88 or 87 because he's ran like he's ran those numbers we're probably like, there's well i mean we could but i know he's ran and he's ran a few numbers in the 30s or so there must be something that he likes because i know he's done 33 when he came back in the cup uh i'm early, gonna guess he probably early gen likes six i remember that uh, yeah there's something about the numbers it. on his page so we have yeah <laughs> that's it's as long as there's a bunch of threes on it that's all that matters um just a lot of threes a lot of threes um but yeah i mean seven threes is a lot of money dude yes um but he yeah uh, he he's all around though especially with him investing into Canyon Tire Motorsport Park which is probably the best racetrack and race facility in Canada. No, it is the yeah. best. So um yeah, we're we're we got to give it to got to give it to them especially cuz they let us into their track so many times. So <laughs> we have to <laughs> yeah, we have to right? Uh all right, we're um we're we got one more yeah, so as you know, I normally like to go with like, you know, bush cars or, you know, something out of the ordinary. So I'm going to go with a 32 car that was ran late 90s with Dale Jarrett, the 32 white rain Chevy and also as a Ford. He won several nice. races in the 32 Chevy back in 1990. There's the number here. And 1995. Yeah, was that the one car or the 32? That I'm blanking on that one, but the White Rain was the one that sticks out to me because yeah. I had a little 164 Thunderbird diecast of the White Rain car. So that one always sticks in my mind. But yeah, he ran that for several seasons part-time. There's like no information on what the team was. It must have just probably been he owned a couple. He probably got a couple loaner cars from... Uh, Rod Roush Yates kind of thing, you know, since he was driving for that team and went from there. But, but yeah, had a lot of good runs as a lot of the Bushwhackers did back in that day. And Mark Martin, Jeff Burton, a lot of those guys, they'd, they'd get either with the team that they were driving for, or they would get like a loaner car, like some backups and go and tear it up. And yeah, so he, he did pretty well there on top of his good runs there in the Winston cup series in the late nineties. So that's my pick. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was good, right? Right before he um, he got big, especially when he won the 
And he won one of the Brickyards in the 90s. I remember that one, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, obviously, I remember the him from in that, that 88, the Qualcare. Another number we won't get to, so that's a good <laughs> That's a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, got to gotta go with Dale Jarrett whenever you can. And um, with that, with yeah, the son, the father son championship duo kind of thing. That's like, I think that's iconic. Um, obviously, with Glenn, I think, yeah, with Glenn Jarrett being with PRN or one of them, MRN, Ned, yeah, AC, yeah. Ned, yeah. Well, it, um, I, I saw one of the brothers at uh, CTMP, big, big race family. You can't, you can't miss it. On the show, when we got we those those are good picks, boys, absolutely. Um, so let's get into uh, the show. Here we got we got Pinties up next. We're, we're gonna have some more talk of uh, all around the wide world of motorsports is coming up here throughout the show. Let's uh, let's talk about this weekend when we record with the date we're recording. Here is the week of. Uh, I should, oh, I used to do this at the top of the show, September seventeenth, twenty twenty three. And we're going into the final race weekend for the NASCAR 50 series and I believe the APC series. So there's, there's going to be, uh, that's it. Right. I, I said a little bit earlier on the show, that's it. There's, those are some cold months coming up. Very cold months. We're, we're going to be into, uh, we're trying to find other sports to watch kind of deal. One of those situations or something to do actually in those months. Yeah. It um, seems that this is like the cutoff for Canadian racing this particular weekend. Yeah. Cause for you, I wonder what it's like for you and Eggman here. Cause you guys are like, oh, what are you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the same other, like it's annoying. So previously before 2020 and all the events there, I was covering the Porsche Canadian IMSA series and they would run in Mont Blanc the same weekend as they had the Pinty's Fall Bra, so I actually missed the right. races at Jucasa because I had to pick did I want oh, to go yeah. to right. Fall Brawl or did I want to do the what was the Micro Cup and the the Porsche at Montchamblant and it was just I had to pick one or the other and I picked Montchamblant, which I don't regret, but it was just frustrating that they couldn't one of them couldn't move their weekend one you know, one week back. But Yeah, I think now with uh Jucasa closing we uh, this is definitely the place we go for the. I know there's re, there's a couple of regional weekends left at CTMP, and I'm sure there's some drag racing going on at TMP and uh, or wherever. Um, but I like I'm sure there's still some stuff going on throughout October. But that's about that's about it. Um, unless you're into like there is some winter style racing uh, that we have, uh, but or snowmobile racing, but we don't cover Well, we could, but we don't cover that in the show. Um, but yeah, so for us, we, we, we soak it in and, 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 uh, from what we're talking here, weather's looking good. Sometimes it's a hit or make, sometimes it's, it's cold or it's warm. It'll be a little, I'm sure it'll especially be a this time, especially this time of year, this time of year. So we're End looking into a good weekend. Uh, there's, there's a bit of an aspect of just being able to enjoy that, uh, I know a lot of people going back to school. I mean, I know a lot of families are already kind of out of that vacation uh, kind of mindset, but that's another kind of thing too, uh, at least that I put into effect when I go out to the racetracks. So we were able to uh, score a, a spot at the track to be able to uh, 
enjoy the track for the weekend and uh, see what it's all about. So we're going we're gonna to obviously update people throughout the weekend on our social media about our time at Delaware. But And, of course, with the racing, too, there's... There, uh, there's practice. There's there's something going on all day. Qualifying, this, that, heats, races. There's uh, there's two, three different series. Like you're you're not gonna be bored when you go. Uh, there's gonna be a lot. We're gonna be busy. It's gonna be fun. Um, I'm I'm excited mm-hmm. to be able to finally also get back to the racetrack. It's been a while, and, and to see everybody and to see what for at least the pity series. I know there's a lot going on with the APC series too. I haven't closely followed the storyline for that this season, um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff on slate for the quote unquote great Canadian race weekend at Delaware Speedway. And, yeah, and yeah, what do we? What well, do you guys so let's feel start. Let's. I mean, so Friday night at Delaware is going to feature their to kick it off. Yeah, bone. Yeah, bone stocks, V8 stocks, and. Um, they're the quick quick super stock series championship finale is is that night 50 laps uh then we move to saturday and the headline there of course is the apc pro late model series part of the this is the season finale for the series but also part of the uh apc ntm bearings triple crown uh 200 lap event at Delaware for the this series, which is the longest race they've ever run for sure by a lot by a hundred and by fifty laps, it will be very interesting because not only is it the longest race that they've ever run, it is also the biggest track that they run at. So that will be very interesting. I'm very excited for it. We have some pretty tight championship battles for the APC championship and the, the, uh, yeah, there's a couple of positions up there in the Pinties too, that uh, are up for grabs in the standings. Obviously it's going to be cool seeing Trey, uh, get that championship. And also, I mean, this could be its own topic too, but, uh, (laughs) with seeing Noah Greg's and you know what, that's what I, you know what, maybe that's what I'd like to, to find out from him generally because to choose Delaware I wonder how that came up like um you, you know you kind of get a shot you you're, you're kind of trying to get your foot back in the door and you choose Delaware and you choose an S Carpenti series probably APC didn't have series. a choice well he's running the APC so that's what I mean like starting we'll out, out this weekend <laughs> we're starting out with the APC series where you're going to have DJ Kennington, you're going to have Trayton Lapsovich, you're going to have Noah, you're going to have a few others that are going to be running that Pinty's race on the the Sunday. They're all here, going to get a good warm-up for that. So this race would be amazing. Uh, Oh, man. Yeah, Kyle Steckley is leading the points. (laughs) He's for the championship. He's tied for for the Triple Crown. So, so there's and, a lot up for grabs. And we remember when we talked to Kyle too a couple times throughout the year and last couple of years, we know that's that that's that's what he wants is that championship. And then he'll start maybe then he can maybe start looking into some other things. But we know that's where his focus has been and uh really, truly. And that's that's gonna be epic. I cannot wait to Well to he almost won he went and ran he went and ran Champion down at New Smyrna. 
he went down mm-hmm. and ran a pro light model at New Smyrna and almost won. So, right. I mean, Kyle is very talented, and uh, and no doubt with so, this I'm championship in yeah. his with this possible championship or championships in his back pocket, uh, no doubt he's going to be running Pinty's more full time, like j- not just the Ontario races. But yeah. yeah, I'm excited that we got That's we got so camping cool. last minute, which is super cool. So we don't have to worry about anything. We got last minute credentials for the other events, not just the Pinties events. So we get to cover everything this weekend. A big thanks and, to uh, the people at Delaware yeah. APC and Pinties for putting this, make, making sure that we can bring you folks out there the news, all the updates from the track to the community. We've got got to take a, a second there to uh, tip of the hat to them because, uh, yeah, it's better covering it there than <laughs> that home or not. Right. And, and, uh, but yeah. And also with, uh, for, for our side of it, you know, I love, you guys know, I love taking the photos and whatnot. We're going to be with, uh, Damon here. We're, we're going to hopefully do a little video there. At, uh, I'm sure we'll have some points too throughout the weekend. Um, but for, I for sure would like to do a wrap up. Uh, and also, yeah, just to like steal, steal TSN's uh, <laughs> their advantage of using the front side of the track. The WAMS is going to use the back side of the track. <laughs> So that's damn it. <laughs> no. So um, hopefully we'll see you all there. And uh, any what else? What else? Uh, what about you? There's other stuff. I mean, we're having we get from- hot rods. We get hot rods or not hot rods. We get modifieds. We get oh, there's so much some other stuff. And then we move to the main event for the weekend. Uh, we get turns out series. <laughs> we're not going to get on, specific on our spot, but it'd be funny if we're yeah. <laughs> um, we are the garage because uh, that's a lot. That's going to be a, I think it's going to be a packed track by the sounds of that. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend, and to also too from people outside of like Damon coming down south and coming up, getting a little vibe of our getting to see our little fun that we have. <laughs> Oh, I've, at, what are you thinking about this this race? What do you think we're gonna see? Well, last year's race was was really exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we had Raphael Lassard was battling out uh, with the eventual winner there the whole the whole race, and you know, we had that wild accident with Tagliani and Ranger, and yeah, that was risky. That was risky business. <laughs> So, like, the track really lends itself to, to good racing, and uh, you really seem to be on edge. So I was actually looking at Google Maps at the track, and it's, I don't want to call it Darlington or Gateway, but it is slightly irregularly shaped. Mm-hmm. Turns one and two, yeah. if I remember, are slightly tighter radius, which makes sense. Like, I remember watching the cars when I was there last year taking photos. It did seem that they had to, to run that corner a little deeper. Like, they got down right. on the flat a little bit more. They're trying yeah. to arc that a bit more. And three and four, a bit more more flat out. And there were more incidents, I felt like. There was a good bit of incidents in three and four. But I felt like, especially getting off two, it almost felt like it was a tighter. Uh, plus, you had that huge transition to the backstretch, the big, big yeah, hump. Yeah, that thing. big so, the hemp, the Delaware, the Delaware Hill or whatever they call it. 
Yeah, I I would say I would agree with you on the the turns one and two seem to be the the real action zone. I remember talking to we, us talking to Kevin Lacroix after the race, and he was mentioning that be, since they had paved it that year, the outside line in three and four was just as quick as the inside line, <clears throat> so it was very grippy. So I wonder if that's one of the reasons why we saw more more issues at the other end of the track as well. Yeah, it's I'm I'm excited to uh to see some of this racing too. Part of part of me is like I want to do some fan side of it, uh but also of course uh get my uh my media hat on, bring in some people some news. Um cuz cuz you you want it, you want to get a mix of that, right? But I, uh, it also probably, yeah, I won't see either of you guys till next year too. So there's a bit of a, uh, or, or, all, you know, are some of these other drivers that we've gotten to be buddies with this year or other people in, in outside of the, the, in, inside the paddock and outside of the paddock. Um, a lot of people that you kind of look forward to seeing. And then now you gotta be like, I'll see you at Motorama when it's all crappy outside and, Freaking yeah. eighteen foot snowbanks, so, but beside an airport, nothing against the location. This, but <laughs> yeah, it's with weird. this race, <laughs> with this race, Trey just has to start to to win the championship. He's just got to take the green flag. He's got it. Championship. He is got so it. So what? Obviously, because he just needs. Oh to yeah, good for him. Man. Uh, what? What? What do you think? What do you think the race is going to look like? for the other drivers there are positions up for grabs really i don't know it's like third and fourth and seventh up for grabs or something like that what what difference third to fourth or sixth to seventh makes i don't think they really care it's really they just Mm -hmm. want to win that's what's interesting about that mindset they're going this race without caring so i wonder what we'll see especially with uh, quite a few drivers entered into this race that have zero they're not they have zero on the line right they have no championship implications they got no championship battles they're there to race um they're either there to have fun or or something or make a name in one piece you know (laughs) what do you think what do you you think you'll see from from like mac or you know uh Brandon, right? Because Brandon set the record there last year and has not kind of really had a great year. You know, he's... yeah. So I, I'd be hard pressed to see Brandon repeating as a pole and race winner. Donald Teach, now he won, he finished second last year, very like almost mm-hmm. a photo finish. I can yeah. see him definitely doing well again. He's like our oval expert there with the Pinty series, and then you got a couple people making. A debut, you know, Amber Balkan, who'd run a lot of Arca Series races. She's now making her, you know, she's Canadian, making her debut. In the and, 50 series. and she just ran uh, OSS race there two weeks ago as well. Okay, yeah. And then you have, which of is, course, sorry, which is Ontario Sportsman Series, which used to be, they're actually old cast cars, which used to be what Pinty's was before. Well, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, that's good to, to mention that. Like, it's going to be. They're basically the same cars. They're just you know older mm-hmm. um, chassis, but like the body styles. Like looking at the photos from other people who post on it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much similar. But uh, but yeah, you've got of course the headline going to be Noah Gregson coming in. 
We'll see how how he does. His only previous Pinty Series race was at CTMP, so we'll see how his oval skills will translate against some of the more, you know, the oval drivers in the you know Pinty Series. And then yeah. I don't t- know too much about this guy because I'm not Canadian. But uh, was it Jesse Alexander? What, what's, he's a, like a local driver who hadn't driven in Pinty Series since it was cast car, but he's local to that area. Yeah. Uh, I'm I don't know up. much. I don't know yeah. much about him as either, unfortunately. I didn't get the name right. Jesse something. I, I apologize to any if he's listening or maybe fans listen, but uh, <laughs> but it sounds like he he did Seems do us. cast car way back in the day, so yeah. it's almost like a return for him. So it'd be cool to see like you know what prompted him to come to this race. It's a little a shame that we didn't get Ray Monroe. He was. He stole the headlines last oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because he and he was Delaware Track Champion for the Pro Late Model Series as well. Uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised that he's is he not on the list? I'm pretty sure he's on no, the list. No, he's. Uh, I got him on the uh, on the face space. He hasn't said anything oh. about running. He wasn't on the entry list. Now, I will say that as of right now, the 98 car, the curb, the curb car is still TBA. For a driver, Ooh. so you know, maybe, maybe okay. could be him. Could you know? There's there's been a few drivers in that car so that far. Jesse yeah. Kennedy was that guy's name, not Alexander. Jesse Kennedy, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, in- interesting, yeah. Uh, what do you? Yeah, I, that's and I was kind of trying to allude to that because I didn't know how to say to say that. You know, I'm, it's interesting to see certain drivers come into this race because they don't they're not racing for anything like they're not and when i say that i mean championship or big bucks or uh whatever so there's going to be a whole uh it's going to be a mixed field so yeah yeah we'll see it's a bit less of a field like last year we had like 25 26 cars which was like a large amount for a Pinty's oval race, but you know, some of the cars that we had last year would, would someone could argue they were just kind of taking space. So, you know, uh, less cars, but maybe a more quality field from first to last in terms of like pace and competitiveness. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll definitely be a good finale. It'll definitely be a brawl, fall brawl. So I think it's going to have all the headlights of a, of a good, way to kick up and the seat and the season yeah absolutely and everyone for uh listening is here on cfmh 107.3 local fm in st john new brunswick ckms 102.7 radio waterloo and kitchener waterloo ontario or on the pmn app wherever you get your spot of or wherever you get your spotify's that's what i was going to say wherever you get your podcasts your specifically spotify. you know what I love spotify screw it uh, they don't pay us but i'll give them a plug Damn it. Uh, welcome, everybody. We're just talking about Pinties. We're going to be, uh, uh, you guys, we're, we're going to have a little bit of a F1 IMSA indie kind of thing here. We guys are going to start off with uh, indie IMSA. Uh, yeah, you know, we, was, we had a little bit before the show, and it, and it was like, this was good for the, for the show. <laughs> this is good. Yeah, we coming off uh, their finale at Laguna Seca. Uh, Damon had had some insight or some uh, what would you call it? Some team it's, disputes. 
Yeah, so the big news, so usually with the IndyCar season ending somehow earlier than even the Canadian racing season, they kind of drop off yeah. a cliff in terms of news yeah. for the last yeah. you know, until, which, I mean, some of the teams are fine with that because, you know, you have Ray Hall, Penske, Ganassi, they're still running IMSA. So, like, it's not like they're just, like, shuttering up for the for the season. But, yeah, a lot of – one of the big events that happened at Laguna Sega was, again, another incident between Calamila and Augustine Canapino for the Junkos Hollinger team. And where there was – I don't remember which corner it happened, but basically Canapino kind of slid up, and as Islet was trying to pass him – broke canapino's wing and it was kind of a double-edged problem because canapino was fighting several cars for the last position in the winner circle which are the leaders leader circle something but basically it's a top mm, 22 yeah, yeah. Owner, owners points for indycar get like a guaranteed payout <laughs> they're fighting for that and he's also having a career race and yeah so contact broke his wing he fell back he still was able to secure that final spot for the winner circle or whatever and but here's the thing like the argentinian fans and the media just absolutely went wild on highlight and that happened also when he was accused of slowing canapino down at long beach at the race there when he came out of the pits so canapino was leading and a lot of people got on on ricardo yunkos for not telling the fans to calm down to you know, stop with these death threats and, and all these things that they were, that they were saying. And they did eventually put out more, you know, heeds on social media to, you know, please don't do that. And they put it in Spanish, which was a big request, but Ricardo came out with another statement earlier today that basically it was a long form statement saying, you know, I've reversed some of my positions where I, I put a bit too much blame on, Callum for that incident, but he's going to be driving for us next year, so uh, you know no one should be concerned about that. And he kind of broke down to it. anyone who knows sports in South America knows that South American fans are absolutely rabid when they are passionate. Uh, it's it's a whole different culture than up here in yeah. the U.S. and Canada. Like like some most people can't even comprehend it. So like when they're what it seems like they're going overboard and stuff in, in, to us that is. And I'm not saying that I'm not defending anything, but that's, that's normal mm. reaction for some things down there. So, and he basically says like the, the response that Argentinians gave to this did not surprise him. So maybe that's why he didn't really come out like he had done, mm. yeah. but you know, still it's like, Hey, you know, you really shouldn't be doing that. Uh, so that's kind of the big news. And then also, I didn't read the article, but one of the head engineers of Yukos Hollinger left the team today. That was also announced. So I don't know if that has something to do with maybe his lackadaisical response to the whole thing. I don't know. But so the big IndyCar rumors and controversy, like after the season, right after the season ended. So that's crazy. And that, and I would say that that race was. You know, they had eight cautions before seven cautions in 68 laps. They were getting cautions. Uh, you know, they weren't even making it through three, th three turns after a restart. So there, there was a lot. I would say driving standards were very low in that in that race. Yeah, Laguna is not known for cautions or like you might get like one big off. But just because the amount of runoff the track has and it's so narrow, like a lot of people just don't try to pass, so you just and, don't get a lot of stuff. Right, yeah. and you know what I noticed, too? 
and I think I think IndyCar started it at uh, Indy Road Course. This getting the green flag before they're even near the start finish line. So at Laguna, you know that little short shoot before the final turn onto the front straightaway. Mm-hmm. That's where they're getting the green flag. So they're flying all into the final tor- final turn. And then trying to get straight and going. So they get the green flag back there. So that means anything goes. You can, you're can you allowed to pass. You don't have to wait to start finish line. Uh, and it was it was supposed to be set up to allow the the leader of the race to have more control over the, when the start of the race happens, right? Because... And I would agree, you kind of sit there and you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait on the flag man, and the flag man waves the flag, and the guy in second place just has a better reaction time, and it's like, well, what was the point of pole? So I understand it in that regard, but it just seemed to be causing, it caused issues at, a few issues, I think, at Indy. So it, that's that was one thing I, I, I noticed was very interesting. And then... And then taking that, they we had uh, we had IMSA at Indy, which is funny. Mm-hmm. We go from Indy to IMSA at Indy. Yeah, it was the debut of the Pensy Porsches at you know Indianapolis. You know, Rogers getting a six-hour enduro next season, so it was nice to you know have a nice little test bed to see how the track was going to handle the cars this year, and you know Porsches. Looked okay at a couple tracks, but they've been kind of lackadaisical. And then they come out at the boss's track and they just kill it. You know, they they did phenomenal. And the thing, I don't understand how IMSA's points work, but basically every, like, there's like four or five cars that still have a mathematical shot at the championship. Yeah. Uh, the final race at Petit Le Mans. So, and it was a big swing for the 31 team action express. Like they were fourth in the points going in and somehow they, I don't know if they left with the points lead, but like at one point they were, they went from like 96 back to a hundred something ahead. And it's just like, I don't get that. So that's, that's interesting, but they, yeah. So- yeah IMSA's point system. Cause now they get points for, qualifying and they get it's, it's I don't get it they're trying to make it so more people are competitive but it just makes it complicated yeah it, it does mean though that the final race is going to mean there's a lot at stake Petit Le Mans with you know so many teams in the hunt for the championship well it's the two prototypes well two of the three prototype championships are wide open the LMP2 and the GTPs are wide open the both GTs and the LMP3s have already been wrapped up. I believe well, Riley Motorsports and LMP3, I think they have to do more than just start to win the championship because they didn't mm-hmm. win last weekend. But yeah, right. both Paul Miller's team and GT Daytona and the yeah. Lexus team in GT Pro, they, they won their championships. So mm, Interesting. It's interesting that Porsche was so quick uh, at at that track because they kind of they've kind of been lackadaisical uh, everywhere this year. I mean, they were dismal at Le Mans. Uh, it was kind of embarrassing. Indy's an interesting track. I, I've driven it in iRacing in a prototype, and the the new the way they've laid it out 
it's actually way more fun to drive and and although I just I just kind of it's weird I don't know why that track just doesn't seem like it it fits multi-class racing it it doesn't so, look right there it doesn't feel right there it doesn't even it just feels uninteresting on on, on that track I, I think what you can what you're speaking to is so what tracks do we have to compare? It's it's a road course within an oval. It's a roval, so yeah. you have to look at Daytona. Well, Daytona has the high banks, has the lights, so the run under the lights looks really cool. And then the and they had the one year that they ran at Charlotte, which was an absolute disaster, but mm-hmm. it was really cool looking on TV the way the track is laid out. Indianapolis yeah. is very flat, very large. There's, of course, there's no, you know, elevation change. But even when they come up on the track, like other than when they go down the main stretch. But the thing is with IMSA, so it doesn't really, you don't notice because like the 24 hours of Daytona, it's dark most of the race. So Mm -hmm. you can't really see the grandstands. But the thing is when they're running at, and when you're watching the broadcast, they're saying, oh, there's so many people here, yada, yada. And then there was like nobody in the stands, which there's never people in the stands. Save maybe Road America. Yeah, There's never true. people in any of the grandstands at these tracks, and it just doesn't look right to watch a race as they're going down that front stretch and mm-hmm. the grandstands are empty. So it just doesn't. It just doesn't look good. That the track it has so many grandstands filling it that there's not a lot of green that you're seeing and then the infield's kind of just eh looking because it's all at daytime now if it was ran at night like if they put some lights up or something even in certain sections i think it might fit a bit more but when you they don't talk need about- lights they just need lights on the front stretch because they have headlights right like that's they've yeah oh yeah they do like i'm not saying like they have to illuminate the whole track but mm. it does look cool like you go to you know, they've done races in like Bahrain and Qatar yeah. and some of the Middle Eastern tracks that can afford to light the, the tracks up at night and they've run sport car races there and it looks cool. So So talking about um lighting up race tracks, racing at night and street circuits, Formula One hit the streets under the lights in Singapore, Thomas. They sure did, and from a spectator standpoint, the race was excellent. Uh, Starting a little bit further ahead than that, uh, going into uh, Singapore, there was a technical directive released to the teams. Uh, Basically, it it did a lot of little things, but mainly it put a little more stringent regulations on flexible aero devices, so if you've ever watched the onboard from the front wing of a Formula One car, you see how it flexes a little bit. Uh, they're trying to mitigate that as much as possible. And that directive seems to have, and it could have just been a fluke weekend, but it seems to have taken away some of Red Bull's advantage. Oh, some of it? Well, pretty much all of it. So that <laughs> that, that that technical directive is effective from Singapore onward. So moving into qualifying, uh, neither Max or Checo made it out of Q2, which is startling if you're Christian Horner and the Red Bull team. Other notable events in quali- in qualifying, both Nico Rosberg and Kevin Magnussen made Q3 for Haas, which is pretty cool. Haas. <laughs> Haas. Uh, they don't do that a lot. Haas has struggled pretty much their entire existence. 
so I'm really happy to see them performing a better than normal. Uh, Lance Stroll had a pretty nasty wreck in, Ooh. I, believe, I believe it was Q2. Yeah, that I think was, it was Q2. It was it was, was rough, nasty. When I actually, it's funny uh, talking about tracks that have been adjusted and flow better. Uh, that track as well. <clears throat> that that last section there, they used to turn right, go underneath the grandstand, turn left, go to this stretch, turn left, go back underneath the grandstand, and then turn right and kind of come out into the front complex. But they're building stuff there, so that's gone. So. They're carrying a ton more speed into that corner, and he just ran it wide under the rumble. And it's he went on him, and he caught it, but it just snapped. And yeah, so hurt. the green the green section on the on the outside of those curbs is basically astroturf, and there is little to no grip when you get a slick tire on astroturf, and it just the back end stepped out on him, and it, those cars are all but impossible to catch. So he just was along for the ride at that point. That put an end to uh, Q2 and indeed his weekend as they did not have another car ready for him. So he could not even race on Sunday. Ouch. Do you think, do you think, do (coughs) do you think it was the car? Do you think he actually got injured? Could be both. I could see a re-aggravation of his wrist injury from the beginning of the year. Mm, Yeah. Um, I can also see that Aston Martin did not want to uh, spend any more money or threaten another car in a weekend where they were not doing well to begin with. Because mm-hmm. uh, apart from the beginning of the year, they have not performed anywhere near as well as they had been. Uh, so my, my thoughts are they've turned their focus to next season already. But we'll we'll just have to see on that. And the final thing qualifying I wanted to discuss: uh, Liam Lawson making his Q3 debut for AlphaTauri. Yeah, yeah, he's been on fire for the last uh, three weeks. Hasn't it? Was it three weeks? Two weeks? Uh, this is his third Grand Prix, I think. Yeah. Of course, subbing in for the now injured Daniel Ricciardo. He's he's going to be the. Um... Uh, what's his name? Rick DiPietro. He was a goalie for the New York Islanders. <laughs> he was supposed to be this next big. This is a long time. He's supposed to be this next big thing. He was, you know, touted as the greatest thing ever, and they signed him to this massive twelve-year contract. And then he got injured his like first year into it and couldn't play or something. It was something stupid. And but they had to pay him. <laughs> Yeah, yikes. In in more recent sporting news, the New York Jets paying oh. so much stuff and so many draft picks to the Green Bay Packers <laughs> for Aaron Rodgers, and he played a total of Two 75 seconds, seconds okay. of the season, and he's out for the year. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, there you go. It's just like that. That's you know what, though? Uh, just like Achilles that. injuries, though, nothing to mess with. But Oh, it's rough, dude. I feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, but. all real talk, but yeah. Yeah. Um, some some there's yeah, some so, wide world of football and wide world of hockey there everybody for you there. What's interesting it, it it is interesting to see how much Red Bull struggled and it wasn't it wasn't like they kind of struggled and they finished in fifth. Uh, it was they massively struggled 
to them not even being they were non-existent in the race they weren't even they were, a factor. They were, they were i would say they were a non-factor in the race which is unbelievable to see how dominant and i and and i i find it so hard to believe that that the directive was the sole cause of them being so bad but i mean maybe i have noticed over the last couple of months that the competition has been slowly catching them uh they've still been really good above and beyond mm. everybody else but the the splits have been getting smaller and smaller and uh mclaren specifically have been catching them a little more here and a little more there so it could be a combination of uh they brought a an uh, upgrade package to Singapore that Red Bull wasn't counting on mixed with the technical directive. Um, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to see what happens in Suzuka this weekend in the race. Uh, yeah. Carl- Carlos signs put on an absolute masterclass in defense. Uh, he went the, the, the keystone of the whole thing is when his strategist said that Lando was at point eight and he goes, yeah, it's on purpose. I was like, oh, he's got to figure it out. He's going to win. So he kept Lando in DRS range so Lando could defend against the two Mercedes that were on fresher tires so they wouldn't get to him. Isn't that freaking awesome? Wow. Wish I was. Yeah. That's cool. It's such a cool track. Singapore is so unique. It is so unique in the sense of uh, it's the first F1 race at night. First F1 track to be lit at night, uh, designed very, very specifically that the lights never shine in the driver's faces and always project forward or kind of in the in in the right direction. Um, it's super hot there. One of the reasons why they run it at night and it's still incredibly hot. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, if there was an F1 race I could go to and do a whole cool, you know, uh, VIP experience, that, that would be one of them. And, uh, you know, Carlos won for the, for the Ferrari and the Tifosi, uh, which is, which is fantastic. First win of the year. Yeah. Uh, so Carlos is responsible for putting Max Verstappen's win streak to an end at 10 races which is remarkable in and of itself. It's the longest win streak in Formula One history. (laughs) Um, So Hamilton and Russell, like I said, after a late uh, virtual safety car for, I believe, I don't remember who, somebody stalled on on track in a very dangerous position. I cannot recall who it was, Um, but I can't remember. I don't remember. But uh, Russell was fi- working on passing Lando Norris when he overcooked it and ended up having to take a escape road, and that put an end to his hopes of a win or even a podium as he ended up in P16, which was the last position still running at the end of the race. Other notable finishes for Formula One. Lando, Lando Norris, P2, good for him. Glad to see McLaren turning it around. Uh, Pierre Gasly for Alpine in P6. Uh, the other McLaren, Oscar Piastri, who's kind of been struggling 
similarly to how Daniel Ricardo was struggling in that the McLaren is built for Lando and he has to adapt to it. He came home in P7. Uh, the aforementioned Liam Lawson with his first points finish in Formula 1 in P9. And Haas and Kevin Magnussen coming home in P10. Uh, as I said, moving into Suzuka this weekend, uh, it is an outstanding racetrack, and I'm really excited to see what Suzuka, happens. Suzuka, yes. I am excited to see if Red Bull is actually as screwed as we think they are or if they just had a bad weekend. Okay. Yeah, that'll be good. Be that'll good be to good. see. We can't wait to talk about it next week on the show. I got to start. I got to start catching um, – the race is live for the rest of the season for F1. We're we're wrapping up the seasons really for all the other seasons um, for the other series. Sorry, you know we're we're looking at the last few handful of races for F1. We're for sure in the last handful of races for in NASCAR, and it's uh, getting to that point where I'm starting to soak all that in. Watch Bristol. Bristol's all right. You know Denny Hamlin with that win at the end there. Uh, coming up through a good point Wallace said off air kind of a maybe a bit of a clutch move on Hamlin's part coming out uh, at at the out of the car at the end of the race what did he say there it was like uh, oh I beat your favorite driver or something like that it's like whatever I was I, I didn't let it bug me um, he, he wants to say things to get that reaction I'm just gonna ignore it but he put on a good drive though and also with uh, the uh, NASCAR Cup Series regular season champion Martin Truex Jr. getting getting through the next round, good for him to seeing him uh, fight for another race. Also, what about Bubba rescuing himself from the brink of a playoff elimination? That was pretty good too. Going to the round of twelve for Texas, for Texas, if, as if I'm Australian. Um, <laughs> That's uh, going to our typical, and I don't mean it in a bag way, because I do like my mile and a half. So I like my cookie cutters. I, I have a feeling this might be a little different. It's, I don't know. I just we'll feel see. like they've uh, changed I'm, some stuff with the cars. It might it's we'll see, because so far the the assumption is, is it'll be a Ford. The last six races at Texas were won by different drivers. Chevrolet drivers, though, they've won the last three of the four Texas races they've been kind of looking over but i'm thinking some maybe uh and i i feel like i, I want to put like I, I got i got blaney in my picks as well as bubba and joey because i think they're on a good run right now even though joey ain't in the playoffs but i'm putting him in there anyway and also same with harrison and suarez Gonna have those guys in there going into this weekend. What about you guys? What where do you, where are you looking at going into Texas here? Um, especially considering two of the last four Texas winners, um, their first time winners may not even be a or first win of the season. They might not even be a playoff guy up there winning the race. I I think I'll go quick. I think you'll see somebody like. Um, Tyler Reddick or Kyle Larson um, be right up there to peg a win off quickly so they can just get to the next round again. Um, and then you might see somebody like Chase. Sure. Two minutes. What do you guys, uh, what about uh, the rest of you guys? Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say look up for, you know, 
Ed Keselowski and Chris Buescher again. And this might be the race that someone from Trackhouse wins again. So they've been they've really been off these last 10 to 12 weeks. I also got Suarez in, so I agree with that, too. Yeah, even Chastain, like, you know, he's he's due. Like, he's been kind of plodding along. And this mm-hmm. could be the weekend that okay. they, that they, especially with all these, you know, with all the announcements with, you know, Gidsbergen and with Zane Smith, like, you know, there's, they're going to try to do three full-time cars in 25, but you know what? I think that puts a little pressure on both of those I'm, drivers. I'm on it's board like, with that. I'm on board with that. Uh, one minute here. What To wrap it off, Eggman, what do you got? I'm not betting against RFK right now. Uh, they have had some pretty decent momentum late in the season, and it would be just like Keselowski or Busher to uh, shock shock the nation and punch their ticket here. Um, also, though, Ross Chastain's a wild card. Mm-hmm. So I think we're all he, the same with the. He, he's li- he, he, he's liable to rip off a win for literally no reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well. You know, I'm not always excited for Texas, but I am now. We're going to be at the track, though, so I'm not sure how we're going to figure that out. But we will bring well, it to you. Don't worry about it. We'll bring it to y'all from the news. Uh, we'll the news from the track. We'll, we'll figure it out, for y'all, for y'all. We'll bring you the news from literally from the track to the community this weekend. Check us out next week with our show. Uh, next episode on the FM on CFMH 107.3, local FM in St. John, New Brunswick. CKMS 102.7, Radio Waterloo, and Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario, and on the PMN app, as well as wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll uh, check out that social media at the WWMS. We're going to load y'all up with some photographs this weekend. Um, me and Damon are going to shoot them out. And Wallace is going to shoot out those reels on the bombs at the WWMS. Well, you know what? That just about wraps it up for this edition. I am James Jordan. Mike Wallace. The Eggman. And Damon Sawyer. We'll see y'all around the bend. Adios. Bye-bye.